I'm not strange. Weird. I'm not strange. Off, nor crazy. Weird. I'm not strange. My reality is just different than yours. If you believe in me, I'll believe in you. Is that a bargain? Hello, everybody. This is Craig from The Unbeaten Path. Hey everybody, this is Craig with The Unbeaten Path. And today I've got an advertisement for Dragonfly Vacations. That's Dragonfly Vacations, actually one of the best uh, vacation sites that we know of. And uh, the web address to check them out is dragonflyvacations, with an S, dot intellitravel.com. That's I-N-T-E-L-E-T-R-A vel.com so just basically go to that web address check out their site and if you want a more personal experience you can call 618-615-1129 and speak to an actual real live travel agent so anyway enjoy and back to the show back to just telephone calls oh okay yeah yeah it was uh it was crazy i mean um well yesterday i did uh or day before yesterday i think it was i did like a weekly rant you know just on on general bull crap and uh you know it, it had this really neat app on there and it was like lighting and uh i'm like oh that's awesome you know you can do the lighting and you can change all the hues and everything I've been sitting here for the past 30 minutes looking for that app again. Cannot find it. <laughs> Cannot find it. So this is yeah. this is what you get with the darkness. So yeah, go figure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, how do you want to be addressed? Oh, Anthony's fine. Okay. All right. I didn't know if you uh, went Anthony, Tony, or sir, or how that worked. Uh <laughs> no, it's funny. I've got this younger guy I'm working with right now and he keeps calling me Mr. Welty. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm not your high school English teacher. You know, like, you, you just call me Anthony. Like, come on, man. I know okay. I got some great hair coming in. But... <laughs> okay. Quick, real quick. Now that we're at the beginning, um, I, I did check out your road for Liberty uh, or the road for Liberty, uh, your website. So um Anyway, if you want to tell tell the listeners a little bit about what you, who you are and what you do and any plugs that you might have, let's get those out front. Because like after the first five, 10 minutes, all my listeners drop off. So that's, okay. yeah, that's a joke. But that, yeah. Hey, that's how it happens sometimes <laughs> with these podcasts. And people live, live busy lives, which is well. <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is, you know, I, I've essentially dedicated my life to fighting for liberty uh, for individuals, for communities, you know, for people to, you know, be free to live the life that they, that they want to, right. And, and to not just be free to live the life they want to, but to try to help people be prosperous within that. Um, I believe that, you know, the, the only way to a truly, you know, civilized and advanced society is through, is through freedom and liberty. Um, and, you know, as a, as a husband and a father, that's something that I hold paramount to my, you know, to my duties is making sure that my, you know, my family has what they need. And, you know, what I found is I got involved with the, with the freedom movement, the liberty movement is it's, you know, extremely understaffed, undersourced, um, 
and, uh, and and frankly, one thing led to the next. I ended up running for office in my home state of Washington. Oh wow! Um, and and then at the same time that we were doing that, my wife was really into alternative living, um, uh, alternative housing in the sense of um, you know how how do we build sustainable housing? Things like container ship housing or uh, hempcrete. Uh, or, oh, wow. uh, or Adobe housing, uh, and things of that nature, and the tiny house movement and stuff. So, you know, our life was at a crossroads in, in many different ways. And we found a way to essentially merge a handful of different passions, uh, with, with kind of individual freedom at the fair, the fair, uh, forefront and creating uh, financial freedom for our family. Um, and now we essentially travel the country full time. Uh, my Jeez. wife and my six year old and I, um, I, I do political activism. Um, I do empowerment things, you know, like I said, uh, when we were kind of talking earlier is, you know, I just got off the phone with a dad that's considering homeschooling. Right. And my objective wasn't to get off the phone and tell him what to do or that he must homeschool, but rather just be somebody that can give him some resources and advice and, and come to conclusions on his own right for him and his family. Um, and so I help people with that all across the, the spectrum on just different ways they want to try to make their life, uh, better and, mm -hmm. uh, predominantly I spend my time working with political candidates that want to work outside the establishment um, and don't know how to run for office. Average people that care about their communities being better. Um, and I spend uh, my time helping teach them and coach them how to be better stewards or stewards of, of liberty in their community. Now you said you just, uh, you did political candidates. I, I did notice uh, you did get an endorsement from, uh, oh, correct me. Uh, Last name Cohen. I cannot. Yes. Uh, Spike. 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 Yep. Okay. Now he ran for the man. I feel so stupid right now. He ran for the vice president in 2020 on under yes. the Libertarian Party. Yep. Okay. Can can you tell me like more about how that actually went? Uh, or I mean, yeah, that, I, I can okay. share pretty intimate details. Actually, I, I worked oh. on the vice presidential campaign. I was Spike Cohen's tour manager. Okay. So the, the Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the entire world. In the United States, we are the only political party that has had what's called ballot access in all 50 states for more than two cycles in a row. Oh, really? Two, Right. So okay. there's other political parties like the Green Party, the Constitutionalist Party, things of that nature. Um, but the way that the two party system works is it's actually illegal in many states to run as a political party unless you check these erroneous, you know, astronom uh, astronomically high barriers of entry. Right. So most other political parties can't even, you know, essentially operate right, right. within the political specter. The Libertarian Party can. Um, and I believe in their ideas. Um, so I've spent the better part of six years helping grow the Libertarian Party. And I specifically worked with Spike Cohen. Um, and we traveled the country coast to coast two different times last uh, summer, you know, essentially reaching out to local communities and letting them know that they have more options uh, outside what the mainstream media is teaching them. Um, you know, and he talked about things like ending the Federal Reserve so that we can have sound money you know, abolishing the Department of Education so local communities take full control over their children's education, you know, reducing taxation so that people can create the income that they create for their lives, you know, and a whole host of other things as well. And uh, it was empowering uh, to see so many people that were non-political 
in previous years. Um, but knowing that something doesn't feel right with what's going on in the political world, they're not left, you know, they're not right. You know, sometimes they agree with libertarians, sometimes they disagree with us, but they know that something is inherently broken. Right, um, right. So a lot of what Spike did was just travel and let them have a voice and ask questions and engage in dialogue that truthfully, the two party system, you know, Republicans and Democrats, you know, essentially avoid whenever possible. Right. Because they, all they care about is their base of votes. They don't care about anybody in the middle. Um, all they care about is how many votes they get on Election Day. And we took the, the exact opposite approach of that. Um, and, you know, we travel from one seat to, to the next, literally from you know, East Coast to West Coast, from North to South. And I'd watch Spike Cohen, the Libertarian nominee for vice president, you know, stay past dark, right, at political rallies, you know, literally just having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and trying to meet them where they're at and give them a voice and hear their concerns. So um, it was a pleasure for me to get to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm good friends with Spike and continue to, to support his efforts and he supports mine. Well, okay. One of the biggest uh, biggest arguments I have with with typo from biting the bullet uh, is with the Libertarian Party. Now they're they're huge into the Libertarian Party, uh, you know, as far as trying to get messages out. Now they work more on the comedic side of things, I guess. <laughs> um, anarchist, you know the, the you know the whole whole deal. But one of our biggest arguments with the, with the Libertarian Party is it seems like if you would, the Libertarian Party is setting goals that are like federally, federal levels, okay? In, in my in my opinion, and I, I'm asking for your opinion, do you think it would be better to launch for a, say, presidential platform or, you know, uh, uh, a federal Senate, federal representative, or do you think it would be more beneficial to the libertarian party to start off at ground level and build uh build like okay say local mayors local uh you know aldermen that type of stuff and actually really get the libertarian message out there to the people and then yeah uh, go ahead. so yeah. Per personally i see value in both but before i get into that let me give a little background on why we do this okay, okay. so i mentioned ballot access Right. right. So each state, 50 different states, all have different laws with how a presidential campaign works, how a federal campaign works. And there are restrictions that limit what you can do down ballot if you don't qualify with a certain number of votes. So they've essentially rigged the system. So, for example, that if let's say let's say one year we're like, you know what, we want to focus local. Right. So for the next four years, we're not going to worry about the presidential cycle. But then four years from now, when we go to run somebody for state house, right, a, a local level, you know, position with 10, 15,000 voters. Okay. Right. It would actually, in some cases, prevent them from actually doing that because we didn't run a presidential campaign. So there's a lot of laws and rules that essentially force our hand to doing things that, you know, they, they might not otherwise be our focus point. Right. Okay. So it's a it's a reactionary thing that we're doing now. With that said, um, I typically fall by the, the mindset that there is no one right way to create liberty. Right. So my website, the road is tongue in cheek in the sense that I travel full time. I go around the country in my tiny house. Um, but <laughs> in, in the reality is that there's, you know, thousands and thousands of roads. Right. So when I teach my candidates, you know, that are running for office, you know, how to be successful, it's not telling them, you know, which way 
or which race that they have to run in, but rather asking them what's important to them, right? What is their mission and vision? What is it that they're actually trying to accomplish both short-term and long-term? And then helping them identify a route that will help uh, rubber meet pavement, right? And in some cases, that does mean starting local. And I'm personally of the mindset, like I would rather spend my time you know, like literally at a, a, like a city level, right. And win a seat, change stuff, because I think local politics actually affect us more than federal policies um, that uh, oftentimes like there's pain and suffering that comes from them, but they, they don't necessarily affect us all in the same way. Um, But for example, so I I ran for a statewide position in Washington. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason why I did that was because I was specifically credible in that role. I ran for state insurance commissioner and I have a background in insurance. So does my wife, okay. right? So while in some arguments, it would have made sense for me to go start at a city council, I, I was actually more credible running for insurance commissioner because I had a wealth of knowledge and experience that nobody else had that was willing to run for that position. Now, you know, a couple of years later, that platform helps me do things on a local level. Right. So there's you know pluses and minuses to whichever route you choose. The important thing is executing whatever your plan is, right? And making sure that whatever action you're taking, whether it's local race or federal races, that it's serving your overall greater purpose. Right. So um, and in closing, without rambling too much here, no, no, there no. are state parties, for example, uh, the Pennsylvania state party is having their their state convention this weekend oh. in, uh, I think, Morristown, Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. Um, just a couple of months ago, they elected 120 people to local offices. Right. These are, you know, dog catcher type positions. Right. right, right. Um, that were essentially they were essentially running either unopposed or empty. Right. And, and, you know, roles that are going unfilled because nobody wants to do them. So instead of focusing a lot of time and energy on federal races for a couple of years now, that party spent a decent amount of time making a plan, executing it and got 120 people appointed or elected to local positions. And what that's going to do is it's going to give them more understanding of how government works inside of the system. It's going to let them start building relationships that they might not have otherwise had the opportunity to build. And it's things where they can start, you know, building their resume and um, getting experience that then they can legitimately take back to voters and then look and say, look, right, we did this. We helped the best we could here. Now I want to go help in, in, in this other capacity at a federal level. So um, there's many different ways to do this. I think there's value in all of them. It's just about doing it with intention mm-hmm. and actually getting and getting stuff done. Well, it's a, okay. And that's that's why I th- me personally, I think it's, it's better to start off at the local level, take years. I mean, which obviously it's going to take to build up a libertarian base, if you will, in as many states as you possibly can, then jump into the, uh, the, the federal arena, uh, such as, you know, presidents and, and uh, you know, like last year was, or 2020 was uh, Joe Jorgensen. Yep. You know, I, I had talked to some people about it. And I mean, the literal response at that point was, who's Joe Jorgensen? You know, and it's like, yeah, I really don't know a lot about her background because, I mean, you know, she's never really been in the, you know, in the news or in the forefront, if you will. And, well, and uh, a lot of that's by design, right? So the the mainstream media, um, 
they would rather not talk about us than talk bad about us. Right. Because if they talk bad about us, people are interested and they go, look at us <laughs> up. And then and inherently, right. inherently some people will agree. Um, and then uh, inherently others will disagree with that bad talk. And then all of a sudden they're a libertarian. So what the media does and the establishment is that they just don't talk about us. Now, Joe Jorgensen, she's a, she, she's a, a, a scholar, right? She mm-hmm. teaches at Clemson, right? She's experienced. She okay. ran for vice president in 98. She was our oh, vice really? presidential. Yeah, she was our vice presidential. Candidate. Oh wow! Okay. So she she's been involved in activism and politics for for decades, um, but we are still pushing this uphill battle of the system is corrupt and working against us, and right. we need to be doing things differently to combat that. Right. And when I ran for office in Washington, I set the record for libertarian votes in a contested three way race. I got three hundred twenty four thousand votes. Um, that was the most in history. Joe Jorgensen in that same set of voters got 88,000 in the same cycle as I did. Oh, wow. And it was, um, so there are things we can be doing separate, you know, differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe, Joe Jorgensen is a friend of mine as well. Um, she supported my campaign and I, and I helped her with hers, but the key here is I, I can't harp on this enough where I say that I don't think there's one right way. So for example, if you think that we should focus local, I can work with that and I can help you with that. Right. 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 If somebody else thinks like, you know, I really want to run for Congress for X reason. Like I can work with that. I can help them with that. And both of those will help the overall greater cause of Liberty. Um, as so long as people are passionate, they're willing to put the work in and go out and earn whatever they, they get. Right. I think we can move the ball forward for liberty. And uh, one of the things that happens is people get burnt out. They're asked to do things they, they don't want to do and then they stop showing up. Right. So for me, it's a lot about empowering people to do what they're already naturally inclined to want to do. OK. All right. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I mean, it's it's been an age old argument between, you know, me and my son. And, you know, I mean, he's more you know, the younger crowd, I'm more of the, you know, Gen X crowd, and, you know, so we, <laughs> we don't quite see eye to eye on everything, but, uh, and nobody uh, should yeah. my wife, my wife and I don't. Right. No. So if, if I can't get voters to, I'm, you know, like, all right, well, I couldn't convince my wife to agree with me either. So whatever, you know, but the, the key has to be though, if, if we're going to create Liberty, that this is the difference I think between what I did and what most libertarian candidates did. I didn't go into this thinking about growing, um, growing anything for me or, um, you know, winning an election necessarily. What I went into it was I want to help people make and make their life better in spite of the elect uh, outcome of the election. Okay. Right. So I focused all of my time and energy on providing solutions to people that they could theoretically apply in their life, even if I didn't change any rules. Right. Things like direct primary care, telemedicine, um, you know, uh, co-op health insurance, things of that nature, ideas that people had never heard about um, that even if I didn't get elected and couldn't necessarily make those things more prevalent or um, cheaper. Right. By changing regulations that I could at least bring these superior ideas to people and help them save money. Right. And I did that. And because I was able to do that, I built a lot of trust, a lot of respect with people. Um, to years later now, people are still reaching out to me for help. And that's how we change culture. That's how we create liberty, because the, the boot of the government is always going to exist. It's always going to be taking our liberties away. So the question is, is how do we how do we create liberty regardless of what they're doing? And I think if we do that, 
we win. I think we win in spite of them. And, and, and I think then that also correlates to vote totals and fundraising and all the other important right, things right. that we know it takes to run a political party. All right. Well, now that we've talked about the, um, <laughs> the parties and uh, what, what does your t-shirt say? I can just barely oh. see the legalized freedom. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can find these on, uh, these are for sale for 20 bucks on uh, the road for Liberty.com. Okay. Um, my wife hand makes these, it helps pay for our activism. I do all of my campaign coaching uh, for free. I don't charge people anything. I, well, okay. That, uh, that's what I was going to come up to here shortly because I, I did notice on, on, the road the road to freedom.com okay road to liberty.com R- road to liberty.com i'm <laughs> sorry um, you're all right man uh i looked at the road to freedom.com somebody already owned it oh okay anyway <laughs> so i noticed that and you're like free 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 and i'm like okay how does this guy make a living <laughs> so okay well i work i work in a non-profit sense right so mm-hmm. you know not even non-profits sometimes make money right? People are still getting paid. They, they just to, get right. paid for less, right? And the people that are working in those jobs, and I don't mean like, you know, the big mega, you know, nonprofits like Susan G. Coleman, who makes, you know, <laughs> millions to be the CEO or whatever, right? right. But the, the local nonprofits, like people do that because they want to, right? Because they, they want to work for the church or the food bank, and they don't need to make or don't want to make a lot of money. So I take a lot of personal sacrifices, and I make a lot less, but I do crowdsource on mm-hmm. the back end and people donate to me. They give me gifts because they appreciate the work that I'm doing. Right. And they know that ultimately it helps. And sometimes it's, you know, like they know that there's candidates out there that they want to support, um, but they, they can support me as I support them. Right. Okay. So they give donations or I sell these t-shirts and, you know, and then occasionally I take contract jobs that help make ends meet. Right. Right. There. Okay. So, um, Okay, real quick question. Way off every subject we've even touched on. Are you going to Childerberg? No idea what that is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. It is kind of a, um, wow, uh, libertarian. Uh, man, I tell you what, I wish I had typo here. He could just have it ratted off real quick. And I, I apologize to anybody that's listening that is involved with children, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like a libertarian anarchist, uh, uh, a group of gather or gathering of all kinds of people. Um, they su- were supposed to have last year. Oh, I, I didn't, and I didn't get to make it, uh, you know, a couple big time podcasters or, or libertarians come and they, they talk. Gotcha. Um, you know, and it's just like a big camping get together. Oh, cool. And it's, no, it's, I, it, yeah. I might've heard of that. I, I don't know that I specifically heard, like, I know about pork fest and then I think float fest is <laughs> okay. down in Texas in a couple of weeks. And, and I'm hoping to oh. make it to one or the other, but probably not both. And, okay. Now Childerberg, Childerberg is in Texas and it's outside of Fort, uh, or Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. And it is going to be in uh, tail end of May. Okay. So I, I, cool. yeah, it's a lot of great people there. Uh, a lot, a lot of, man, I, I wish typo was here. Cause he can, I'm going this year. Oh, cool. Um, so a lot, a lot of podcasters do their podcast live from down there. Um, I don't know if Tim pool was supposed to be going there or not. 
I don't think so. It, it seems like there was a, a different name. And of course, this is the problem with getting old. You forget a lot of shit. So. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, ha- I'll have to look it up because yeah, I've been yeah. looking to, to travel to more festivals and meet more like-minded people. I've done, you know, about being from the Pacific Northwest and, and only being in the movement for about six years now, there's, you know, I haven't been exposed to everything, you know, that I've right. been working on and, you know, traveling from coast to coast, you know, both for the presidential tour and then my, my, you know, my, my tour as well, where I went from Washington, um, you know, all the way down to Florida in five months, you know, on, you know, going from one state to the next, there's still so much going on in the Liberty community that I just haven't had a chance to be involved in yet. So I look forward to getting to know more of it. Okay. There, there, there is a guy, um, speaking of Childerberg and it is at Childerberg. Okay. That's C-I-H or C-H-I-L-L-D-E-B-U-R-G. Childerberg. And, um, there is a page. Let me get my spectacles on here. Uh, okay. Let's see. Childerberg.com uh, backslash product or yeah. Products backslash. Let me hit this. Cause it cuts it off. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, right now this is the first year they're going to be charging for campsites. Okay. Uh, because it just, it got way too big last year. And, you know, it was like, holy smokes. I mean, uh, so there it's like 25 bucks for the weekend, you know, for for a campsite and you don't have to stay there. You can stay off and, and just show up on, you know, like Friday, Saturday, it's, um, one Childerberg. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Childerberg product one Childerberg. Yeah. That's it.com. Okay. And, um, let me see if there's something else going on. Uh, May 28th through uh, the 30th of 2022, uh, Mule Shoe Bend Recreation Area. Hmm. And they have, have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. They've got uh, bands. Uh, they've got this like little brewery down the road that everybody, you know, goes watch those bands and comedians. They had a bunch of comedians up there last year. Really great time. I'm so ticked I couldn't make it. So. But uh, this uh, year you'll get to, I, 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 yeah, definitely one way or another. I mean, it's yeah. Um, I apologize getting off on that tangent now to the main thing. Uh, you're nomadic, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been <laughs> essentially living on the road, uh, for coming up on two and a half years now. And, uh, wow. uh it, it's been an incredible experience and blessing to my family. It, it certainly has its challenges from time to time, but all, all in all, we're, we're happy and we're healthy and we're, we're enjoying life. Man. That, that, yeah, that is, I mean, I've, I've read something, I think on, on uh, Twitter or something like that, you know, that you've, you've, your kids have been to more national parks and more beaches and have learned more in, you know, like the last two years that, you know, that any kid has learned in, in most of their lifetime, you know, I mean, it's, uh, that's pretty phenomenal right there. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, specifically during COVID where, you know, kids were, you know, essentially sitting in front of zoom all day and, yeah. you know, and some schools literally stopped grading kids and I've got my opinions about grades. I'm, I'm a homeschool dad. So I've got some opinions on the establishment there, but, you know, so <laughs> while these kids have been locked at, you know, in masks and social distancing and not being able to do recess and, and, you know, and all the horrible things that we watched happen to kids over the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. My, my kids thrived. Right. We've we've been able to go out and enjoy life and experience things together as a family. And, you know, it's a it's a blessing 
that mm-hmm. we get to do this. It took a lot of personal sacrifice, um, you know, g- giving up things that I, I used to, to think I needed or wanted and, you know, putting, you know, some, putting a higher value on experiences instead of possessions and time together versus, you know, work and the things that that can buy. Right. You know, I had, right. a, you know, my, I had a basic Monday through Friday, nine to five job. And I remember when my son was a baby, you know, and, and, and stuff, you know, I'd get, you know, an hour a night with him, you know, that type of thing. And then you, you see, hear stories about other dads or other parents that, you know, they're just rushing from one thing to the next, right. You know, from work to daycare, to soccer practice, to dinner made and and people are just exhausted with this rat race. Um, and, you know, I, I watched a video years ago. My, my, my wife is a little bit uh, more unique in her mindset than maybe I was. I was a little more traditional, um, but she introduced me to a philosopher by the name of Alan Watts, who's, who's passed away years ago now, but there's just a short one minute or four minute video that it, she had on YouTube. It was called, what would you do if money was no object? Right. And the premise of the video was to go do that, right. To just go do that. And then eventually, mm-hmm. you know, everything will work itself out, right. You, you will earn what you need, right. You'll find yourself with like-minded people enjoying life instead of falling victim to the rat race and, the the white pick offense and the 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 two kids and the you know the, the the dog and the mortgage and the car payment and all these different things and it's not that those things are inherently bad it's um how do you obtain them right what are you what are you giving up to obtain them and are the things that you're giving up worth more right right and for me you know, walking away from my my family every single day, which I you know so many people say my family is the most important thing. Right. And then we go about spending most of our time, not with our family. Right. right? So, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, so it's, it's, how do we take the, the responsibilities as a husband that I have? Like, I need to care for my family. Right. I need to provide an income or, you know, my wife and I, well, we've got needs, right? right. We got to be able to go to the dentist, yeah. right. When things pop up and just finding a, a healthier way to have those needs met and also understanding what truly our needs versus wants and then prioritizing your wants and in a way that, that brings more value to our life and being nomadic um, wasn't my initial plan. You know, I never <laughs> planned on living in a tiny house, um, you know, in, in a, you know, a trailer, like I'm in it right now. Right. Um, but it's one of the best choices we made. And, you know, this week specifically the last, in the, in the last month specifically, a lot of the personal sacrifices that we made to be nomadic are now we're starting to see the 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 fruit from the 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 seeds that we planted. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know we're we're nearing financial freedom, you know, peer financial freedom, and uh, you know, and essentially, you know, is you know, the closer I get to the age of forty, is the closer I get to being fully retired and financially independent and being able to do whatever I want without needing to be rich and having the perfect job or having the right inheritance or whatever, you know, and it's a lot of those just, you know, patience sticking to the plan and utilizing nomadic lifestyles as a way to create freedom for ourselves. Now, have you, let me ask you some personal questions. And if you, if you don't want to answer, don't feel the, yeah, these are just questions that are popping up in my head and that I'm, I'm trying to keep up with notes and okay. Have you ever ended up at a time where you're like, damn it, you know, I'm broke. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I last don't know. week, uh, okay. Christmas. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, all, I mean, all the time. Yeah, okay. all the time. Right. We we don't have the nest egg that I wish I had. Right. Um, or even the nest egg that others do. For So, for example, there's one family I met who's a good friend uh, at this point, or growing friendship, I should say. Um, you know, him and his family have a bunch of uh, investment property, right? He is making residual income out of the state of California, and he doesn't have to work to the same capacity my wife and I work, right? right? My wife still holds a remote job and makes okay. income. I still bring in money. Okay. Um, I wish I had more. Right. Well, right. But, but in reality, what it is, is that we, we found a way to live on less. So I don't need as much. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, there's like Christmas was tough this year. Right. We, we had a, you know, a couple things pop up, you know, things that needed, you know, took priority over fun and yeah, money was tight, but now just a couple, three months later, right. We, we are literally we're, we're flush with cash. Right. And that's be, and, and that's because that the plan has finally reached its conclusion, right? Or one of its conclusions. And um, yeah, so sometimes you sacrifice to, to to meet your greater goal at the end. Well, that's, I mean, now me and the wife had, had talked about, I just, I had retired from the prison and we, we decided, we thought, hey, look, we'll just sell everything, okay? And get, you know, like an RV or, uh, you know, a, a pull behind trailer, that type of thing. That's you, what I'm in. You okay. know, I call I call it a tiny house because it's home. Uh-huh, right. right, it's not, right. It's not, you know, it, it's a 23 year old travel trailer. Really? You know, it okay. looks like something that your parents would have had. Right. Right. Uh, but you know, it's home on the inside. We remodeled it, turned it into a you know a house. My kids got a bedroom, you know, oh, wow. beds and you know, a, a desk and a study, and you know, and so but yeah, anyways, go on. Yeah, no, I mean, and that was one of the questions too, because I mean, I do get I do get uh, retirement income. Uh, a pension more or less. And, um, you know, and I also do a travel agency, you know, which I can work from anywhere in the world. You know, I, I do tr- people's travels and stuff. Um, so, I mean, money is kind of, uh, but it's, I don't know about being boxed in so small, you know, and it's so just, the space, the space I'm in right now is small. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is my backyard though. Okay? okay. And that's a mentality change. So yes, I'm six foot one and the bathroom is small and right. I, and I don't have the shoulder space that I wish I had next to my bed. Right. My closet is a uh, three inches too short. So my suit jackets get a little wrinkled. Oh, right? wow. yeah, absolutely. That is a pain that I have to deal with, or I mm-hmm. chose to deal with, um, in return. Um, I don't have a $400,000 mortgage to a bank that I know is corrupt. There right? you go. Okay. You know, a lot of us, we, we know big banking is terrible and yet we inject ourselves into those relationships voluntarily because yeah. we think we need a mortgage to have a house. Right? right. And what I'm doing is instead of having a mortgage to have a house, I'm going to go pay cash to buy land this year and we're going to build our own. Um, and it's not going to be out of lumber because lumber is too expensive. We're going to build it out of earth which is more sustainable. It's cheaper. Um, it's more environmentally friendly, right? Now, when, you, when you say earth, are you talking like diatomic dirt. earth? Dirt. Or just dirt, dirt. Okay. Dirt. We're going to build okay. a house out of dirt. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, so that's called earth ships or earth bags. If, if anybody's listening that is like, like haven't heard of that YouTube it, Go- YouTube earth ship housing. It's amazing. It looks a little funky, 
right? Some of it does anyways. It's definitely unique, but you can build it for 15 or 20 bucks a square foot compared to, you know, what's a house square footage these days. It's about it depends. 250, yeah, it's about you 250 could, yeah. a square foot. Yeah, so, stupid, um, right. <laughs> so, but back to your original concern. Yes, my space is small, mm-hmm. but my life is big. Well, right. Okay. You know, I get that. Like, yeah. You know, I'm in central Florida right now. And, okay. you know, there's a, uh, a community up the road that has live music seven days a week for free outside. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. So tonight, you know, we're going to homeschool my six-year-old. He's getting really into um, uh, chef Gordon Ramsay, right? oh, no. the, the, the angry <laughs> chef. Right. But we started watching, uh, we started watching master chef children with him, which is like eight to 12 year olds that are cooking better than I can cook. And he's like, you know, cause I wanted to inspire him. Right. right and, right. and I like cooking shows and so is my wife. But so tonight, like, for example, um, I'll be done working. My wife and I'll be done working by four o'clock. Um, we're going to break down a whole chicken, right? Just a, a you know, a Costco chicken, you know, right. uncooked chicken. And we're going to teach him knife skills. We're going to watch a cooking video on how to properly butcher um, a, a, a chicken, right? That is um, half the price per pound because it's not butchered right now. So I'm saving money by buying this chicken. Right. Um, and then we're going to, teach him how to properly do it which will be job skills that he might need later on or just survival skills right exactly many many people like that many people that grew up on a farm or hunting or fishing they know how to do these things i don't neither does he so we're gonna go do that today Mm -hmm. and then later tonight we might go out listen to music for free just up the street because we you know haven't spent much time in this community so we're gonna go explore their fun stuff so on my house is small my life is big. That's awesome, man. That is, that's really, really. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, that was one of my biggest fears is to get out on the road, you know, and, you know, hit, hit a few places and then, you know, I'd be like, uh, now what, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sick and tired of being with you so close. <laughs> you know, there, there's some reality to that. There, there absolutely is like, you know, like, so my, my wife, you know, if, if you're married, you, and, and some men, some are different, some men, women are different. So don't get the, don't let me collectivize everybody. Right, 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 right. But women are more emotional than men. Right. Mm-hmm. So some days when my wife's having a hard time, she doesn't have someplace to go cry. Right. Right. So she goes out to the truck, right. That we have. And she, and she takes some personal time out there. Right. That's a little weird. Right. But yeah, we get, we, we get space where we need when we need it how we need it and i say uh, but we've also grown a lot closer like literally closer uh, but also figuratively <laughs> closer through this and and there, there's no endless of, of adventure to be had right okay. but with that said you have to figure out what it is that you enjoy you know what what is it that you truly value in your life and if it's new experiences you know and travel okay that's great but what specifically, right? Do you enjoy museums, right? Do you, does your spouse enjoy art or libraries or antique shops, right? You can find that stuff anywhere, right? And you can experience them in different ways in different states and different cities and different stuff, cultures, you know, and, right? right? Yeah. For wow. me, I like sports, right? Okay. Now, because of COVID, we didn't get to do this as much. And also because I do live on a budget, I don't get to spend as much money now going to sporting events as I once used to. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we like to do is go to sporting events, right? So like when we were in Indianapolis, we checked out an Indianapolis Colts game. We found some cheap tickets. We just went on a whim, right? Um, you know, other times because we're here in Florida and, and couldn't afford to go to the Daytona 500, 
right? I'm not a, a NASCAR fan, but because we're here, like it was fun to, right. to experience that. Right. We just we just spent all day watching on TV, <laughs> right? And I got to teach my kid about uh, aerodynamics and things, right? So okay. the, you you know, so it it doesn't you know if you like rock climbing. Right. Maybe you go find climbing gyms, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the city you're in, or maybe you spend more time in Arizona and, uh, you know, uh, New Mexico and places like that where rock climbing is, is more prevalent than maybe Arizona that doesn't have a single mountain to, so to, you know, right, in the entire right. state. Yeah. Right. But there is there is no shortage of a venture to be had. It's just right. about, you know, creating the life for yourself that you want. And knowing that, yeah, maybe it might, you're going to have to give up some creature comforts and, you know, maybe change your value system a little bit. But by the time you do it and you start enjoying life again, you'll forget what your old value system even was, or you'll laugh at yourself for, for being, being so hesitant, right. you know, for being so hesitant in the first place. Okay. A couple real quick questions that kind of popped up. Um, okay. So when you travel from like, say, uh, Central Florida, what in, in your mind, how far do you travel uh, to, to your next stop? I mean, obviously yeah. you're not going to travel like, oh, let's just go to, let's go to California today. And, you know, it is, you know, 25 hours later, you know. Uh, but- yeah. I mean, so I like to plan personally. Mm-hmm. I'm a planner. Okay. Um, some people aren't right. Some people plan a couple of weeks out and that's it. And they figure it out as they go. But, you know, I, we usually plan about four or five months out. Okay. Right. We, we do kind of like these, these, quarterly type plans like you know this is our our four or five year plan but within this six months this is kind of what where we want to go the projects we want to work on um the what we're doing right now is we stay in one place for about one to three weeks usually okay um and then we'll we'll rotate so for winter we're spending four months in florida but we move every week to to two or three weeks here in florida um, at one point we didn't have reservations anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't get reservations within our network and I could have paid for reservations other places and state. It was a five day stretch, right? I could have paid to stay somewhere for five days. Um, we don't typically do that though. So what we did is harvest host, which is a really cool platform where businesses, lot, mostly farms and breweries and, uh, wineries and museums, places of that nature, they open up their business in their property to let you stay for free under the premise that, Hey, if you're at our, like I, we were at this pioneer place in, mm-hmm. in central Florida, it was at 1880s pioneer. Oh, cool. Settlement, cool. Right. We paid the, the, you know, the $35 for my wife and my son and I to have admission to go for the whole weekend into their place. And we stayed there for 24 hours. Right. Um, but so in that case, we moved five days in a row. Right. Okay. Now I'm in a spot where we're here for two weeks um, and we're going to do a little less exploring because we're a little tired and need a little rest. Yeah. Um, right. And then next time we might, um, you know, we might go do a whole bunch of touristy stuff and go drive to the beaches and spend some time there. <laughs> and check it out. So, you know, you just, you go with the flow that works for your family. Um, I like to plan far enough out so where I can kind of make arrangements for when we get there to, to meet up with people or to, to, you know, make sure we're, you know, getting the most out of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes my wife, sometimes my wife is like, Anthony, I need to do less this time. Like, ah. so like, okay, cool. We're just not going to go do, you know, we're not going to go see, like, there's times where you're like, you, you might be near the Grand Canyon and you're just not going to go. Right. Right. 
because you need to rest and you want to just relax and read a book at home. Right. right? Because for the last four months, you've been going to the Grand Canyon and the Niagara Falls <laughs> and the, the Disney worlds of the, of the world. And you're like, all right, I got to save some money. I yeah. need to get like, I need to get my to-do list done. And it's just all about finding a balance that brings you happiness. Okay. So, okay. Um, now, so you covered all those um, in your journeys. Okay. How many miles do you think you've actually traveled? Uh, I put about 45,000 miles on the truck and trailer in two and a half years. Okay. The right. vast well, majority bad. of that was last year um because we um we went uh, literally across country i went from the furthest westerly point in washington mm -hmm. to the furthest southeastern point in key west right so oh, inherently wow. that's you know that's an extra seven or eight thousand miles right there um but yeah so we put about i i, I filed i think thirty thousand on my taxes this year um uh, as mileage because i work I do, you know, I do consulting and stuff in each of these areas. So I, so I got to write off all those miles legally. Um, <laughs> that got me a couple thousand dollars back in my taxes. I hear you. Um, but um, yeah, but the year prior when we stayed just in Washington, right. My moves were, you know, usually two or three hours, you know, hundred miles, 150 miles. Right. And then we stay put. Right. And then it's just whatever day trips we make out. And, but I was for work. I was putting 15,000 miles a year on my truck just for work. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So in my first year full timing, um, I put, I think I put less miles on the truck. Oh, wow. I had, I had working this year. We traveled a lot more. So I put a lot more miles on it, you know? Oh, that, yeah. Now, well, okay. So what is your, in your mind, what is your best place that you, uh, actually got to hang out at? Uh, Arizona was something that took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, I had this vision being from Washington state where it <laughs> rains all the time that Arizona was nothing but this arid dry desert. Right. Right. And that the whole state looks like Tucson or Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't the case. Um, it was an, an amazingly diverse and beautiful state. They have seven different um, kind of ecosystems, so right. to speak. Um, we stayed kind of in central Arizona, which means we were, you know, an hour and a half to four hours from everything. Okay. And there you, I mean, I, I was, we'd get dead. We could be in the desert one day or 7,000 feet elevation in Flagstaff the next. Okay. So, yeah. so that was just unique and amazing. And the rocks are so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, as much as I hate a lot of what California is, um, from a, a government standpoint and, and even population just being too crowded and, and, you know, fires and stuff, there are parts of California that are just uh, amazingly beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we, we spent, we loved San Diego, you know, be, again, being from the Northwest, we don't swim in the beaches in the Northwest. It's too cold out there. <laughs> right. right. You might scuba dive, right. Yeah. Cause you can see some amazing fish, but you don't swim. Right. So going down to San Diego and being able to be on white sandy beaches with tank tops and stuff like that was just cool. Um, and then let's let me think of one other one. Uh, oh, let me think here. Um, honestly, um, we, we really liked being in Tennessee and Kentucky. Right. Really? Uh, okay. It was uh, a good balance of mountains and green and 
uh, country, but having some cities close by with like yeah. Nashville and Louisville and Lexington and places like that. And ultimately, that's where I think we're going to stop nomading and oh, really? settle, settle down and buy some land and then start doing some of that alternative housing that we talked about and building awesome. a, home, a, a homestead. And, you know, our plan is to probably keep traveling um, from time to time as it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would imagine in retirement, for, you know, real retirement when my kid's out of the house and stuff. Um, but we very much value being local and building community and, and, and having, uh, you know, I, I want my kid to be in a soccer practice, right? And as much value as he gets from, from going to beaches and national parks and meeting different people all over the country, there's also value to him having the same group of friends and growing yeah. with them and stuff. So, like, what we're looking for is how do we get the best of both worlds, you know? And Tennessee, wow, yeah. I think, <laughs> offers some of that for us. What uh, Now, have you had any major breakdowns, uh, like, you know, you know, yeah, we shredded a tire on the trailer and, uh, you know, now yeah. we got to get new rims and, you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and, and then when you live, you know, on a margins that are a little more thin from a budget that gets stressful and, and emotional, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why we crowdsource income for, for the work that I do for free. Right. It is important for me to have some more money. Right. So we so we can live a little less stressed. But um, so when we were in Washington, I'll give you three. Uh, we'd been in Washington for a year doing it full-time for over a year and everything was going perfect. Uh, one night our electrical box caught on fire. So we had a house fire, scared the crap out of us. Right. Um, and that caused a, you know, then all of a sudden you start feeling not safe in your house. Could this happen again? Right. So we went through some of those emotional things and, um, but ultimately there was no damage. It cost us less than 200 bucks to fix and just, it, it stunk for a few days. Right. Um, so that was one, uh, but that can happen at any house, whether mm-hmm. it's mobile or not. Um, then our first trip out of Washington, we literally were making it out of from Washington, out of Oregon into California over Mount Shasta. I couldn't have been more than about a day and a half into my 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 voyage to leave home. Right. My, my <laughs> right. real big voyage. Like, it's, it's, it's one thing to stay in your home state where, you know, right. all your friends are at. If you break down, you've got the support you need. But our first day and a half out, we blew a rear differential going over Mount oh, Shasta. Shoot. Um, and I'm on the phone with my dad. I'm like, OK, so how long can I drive this before it gets worse? Right. Like and if it does go worse, am I going to like is it going to just wreck something worse or is it going to make me get into a car accident with a trailer attached? Right. So and what happened is we blew the rear differential. We drove it for another day and we got, we limped it to a body shop um, and had it get fixed. And it cost us a week and a half mm. uh, where we were essentially stranded without a way to tow our trailer. And, um, and, and now in hindsight um, we know how to handle that situation a little differently next time. Okay. So that our life, like, what I, what we did is we ended up staying in a parking lot at a hotel for a couple of days and then getting a hotel room. Um, and in hindsight, what I could have done is I could have just stayed at a campground, dropped the trailer off, then took the truck to right, the dealership. Right. And, then, and like, but we were still new, right. We didn't quite know how to adapt as easily. Um, you know, but so we got that fixed and, you know, all, no harm, no foul. Right. We, you know, trucks working fine now. Um, but then here the next year, when we decided to, cause we went back to Washington after we spent a year in Arizona and California this year, when we went from Washington to Florida, um, 
coming out of uh, Wyoming into South Dakota, going over all the big rolling hills, mm-hmm. um, our fuel pump went out. Oh, and uh, oh, um, as, as specifically our sensor. So I was having to track mileage so I could stop and get gas before oh. we ran out. Okay, and and I essentially limped that through another seven thousand miles before I could finally get us in one spot long long enough to leave the truck for a week and have them fix it, repair it and take a rental and not need to be moving to the next state. So, um, you know, but that's stuff that, you know, you, you, you just, you figure it out. Right. Just like anything in life, right. you know, you do the best you can. Now. Uh, okay. So what place in your mind other than Illinois, would you never go back to? <laughs> I think Illinois is the worst state in our country right now, but, uh, um, no, nah, I mean, place, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm never going back to Washington. Uh, oh, I left okay. Washington. Um, if I go back to Washington, it'll be because, you know, a buddy got married or something, right. I right. Right. The wedding, right. But like, we're, we're not going back to Washington. I'm not going back to California. I'm not going back to Oregon. Right. All those States that completely, stole people's liberty and freedom right mm-hmm. i'm voting with my dollars i'm not giving them any revenue anymore awesome. right so like there's states where like i'm just not going there like you know what you guys lost me right, right. You, you lost all the money i would have spent on tourism right i'm just not doing it um you know um illinois i have family in illinois my great uncle uh lives there um, oh, so oh. i'm actually i am planning on going back to illinois what part of um, illinois uh arlington heights is where he lives. So there's that's up uh, north, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. It's an hour fifteen yeah. west of west of Chicago. Right, right. Um, but you know, each each area has its own inherent beauty, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's whether it's culture or literal exterior beauty and in, in old buildings or just nature. And you know, there you know, there's not enough time to do it all, right? So we we have this phrase we call it uh, RTCB reasons to uh, reasons to come back. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. You know, you're like you're like ah <laughs> oh, crap, we didn't get a chance to do that, or we right. want to go do that again. It's like all right, RTCB reasons to come back someday. There you, you go. Know, and okay. you know, and it's fun. So I was just uh, uh, yeah, I was just wondering. Okay, now you 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 like do the the northern part of uh, Illinois, now southern Illinois, which is a completely different state actually believe it or not i mean the mindset in southern illinois is completely different from those up north and there is an actual movement or push right well been for the past few years to separate um love it know, yeah but it's a it's a peaceful divorce it's the healthiest I, way to coexist I, I hope so uh, man but i mean okay now southern illinois we have you know the garden of the gods uh which was on the back of one of the quarters, you know, which is a gorgeous place to go hike and go camping. If you like rock climbing, that's, it's got it there. Um, you know, of course, then, you know, the, the town, town, uh, town, one of the towns around here is actually the home of Popeye, the sailor man. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah. One of the, the characters and stuff like that, uh, all the characters, the main characters, I guess, on the comic or the cartoon were all people from that town. And uh, it's um, Chester, Chester, Illinois, and that sits right on the Mississippi River. It's, but um, that's about all we got. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we got you know, so SIU Carbondale, you know, which was I guess back in the eighties was a, 
one of the top 10 colleges to go party in. And, you know, it, uh, I kind of, they kind of killed that. <laughs> it, it's cool to have a lot of stuff to do. And then, yeah. like I said earlier, like sometimes it's nice to show up in more of a, an area where there's not as much to do. And like, yeah. you know what, maybe you go to the local diner and you just get to know people there a little bit. Yep. Maybe you don't go out at all, you know, and, and, you know, it's, so it's, yeah, it's, it's was, fun kind yeah. of no matter how you slice it. Well, uh, exactly. I was, uh, actually I was working at pizza hut and, you know, I just always kept my change from, you know, tips and, and, you know, people would be like, Oh, go ahead and keep it. You know, and at the end of the night, most people cash or ch- change in for, for dollars, you know, I was like, no. Nope. So I'd go home, I'd separate quarters, dimes, nickels, pennies, you know, so after about uh, six, eight months of working there, I had these jars packed and I'm like, man, so I went and cashed them all in and had enough money to me and the wife and two kids, you know, we took off to a little, and we just drove, uh, found a cabin in Northern Arkansas. Okay. Best weekends of our life. You know, I mean, a- absolutely nothing there. You know, it, it was like a craft craft town, if you will. I mean, they all, you know, did little crafty stuff and, but it, everything was closed pretty much. And, Nobody was there and we just, we had a great time. I mean, just completely away. And it was like, absolutely. It was less than 200 bucks for the weekend. Nice. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, some places that don't offer anything, those sometimes are the best places, but man. Yeah. Now, see, now you got me thinking about getting, getting a trailer and all kinds of craziness. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. There, I know people that do it for six months out of the year. I know people mm-hmm. that do it three months out of the year. I know people that do it because the weather in New Hampshire is terrible. So they come down to Florida. Right. 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 Like there's so many different ways to do it. I know people that, you know, lit, like they moved into a trailer to retire. Right. right. And they stay in one campground for a, you know, a year. And then I know right. other guy that he, uh, he, they do work. Uh, they volunteer at different campsites. Right. Oh, wow. And they, they get paid. That's how they make a little bit of money in, in retirement. And then each year they pick a different campsite. Oh, wow. You know? That's and cool. So there's, yeah. there's so many different things. It's just that, you know, what, what's been huge for me is getting out of the, the boxes that have been put over our lives, right? right. Not just my life, but societal boxes. Right. And it's like, you, you know, do, do we really have to do it that way? right it's not that that way is not fine right but is there a different way right yeah. what the value does it bring and, and really what what are you trying to accomplish broadly speaking in your life and then what is it going to take to actually do that and that's where a lot of people aren't willing to make sacrifices or change what they're doing it's not even sacrifices like i use the word sacrifice because i think it resonates with people but like i said like i i don't now i don't even view it as a sacrifice I was like, why did it take me so long? Um, But ultimately it's just about like, what are you willing to do to change your life for the better and, and, and better just is only defined by you. I can't tell you what's better for you. Right. 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 So, well, I I mean, yeah, that's okay. So um, now that you're, you're, you do homeschooling, um, obviously you, you do, I mean, obviously you're doing a good job. I mean, that's well. one of the podcasts here just recently that I had was um, with typo from biting the bullet. And we were talking about schools. And I guess at, at one of the local schools, there was a, a teacher that, you know, was dating one of the minor students, you know, cheating on his wife and, and dating a 16 year old girl. And I mean, it's just, it was like, you know, 
And the thing about it is with that school, it's almost every year or every four years that this is happening in public school. But yet the parents, you know, they may be upset about it, but they don't do anything about it, you know, which is kind of kind of scary. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, my God, you know, our, we're sending our kids to this literal meat market, if you will, for pedophiles, you know, and there's no vetting of the, the teachers and stuff like that. And it's just, ah. But um, what you, know, you got who you allow in your child's life is extremely important. Yeah. Right? And that doesn't mean you can't, you, it doesn't mean you can protect them for everything and bad things happen. But, you know, I, I was reading this book about fatherhood when I was, you know, first having a kid and, you know, it, it talked about, you know, who, who is your kid friends with, right? What, how do you know the parents, right? And you used to think when you were a kid, you used to think that stuff was stupid. Right. Right. But now right. as a father, I understand like the, the, that the world this is a broken world we're in and it's my job to set my son up for the the most successful you know life that he can have and that means emotional well-being that means physical well-being right and and that does take additional effort in comparison to what the average parent sometimes does right and then some parents go too far the other direction right, right? you know so it's <laughs> but when but when you're sending your kids to um to be taught by people that you only have cursory knowledge of. Right. Right. And like, you have no idea what their personal values are. And it, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you disagree with those values. It's just that you don't even know what they are. Right. I right. mean, yeah. They, I mean, that, yeah, they could be, yeah, they could be, uh, you know, straight up, um, you know, for lack of a better term at this moment, you know, they could, they could have Nazism beliefs, you know, and, or, you know, some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, racist beliefs or, you know, and, whether they intend to or not, those beliefs are going to come out in their teaching. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of a, yeah, exactly. You have no idea who these people are that are teaching your kids. Yep. And that's, yeah. And I think uh, one of, one of my arguments is, is I think that teaching should be reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, you can do, you know, you can do computer science, you can do, uh, because that's the age we're in. Um, but kids nowadays don't have an idea of checkbooks, they don't have an idea of how to manage accounts. They have no idea about, um, for lack of a better word, uh, stocks or bonds or anything like that to, to make residual uh, passive income, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, cryptocurrency, what are, you, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? My son wants to keep his money hidden from the government. Okay. That's my, that's my six-year-old. Those are his words, not mine. <laughs> but that, that should tell you what, what I think. Um, you know, I've got a water bottle here that says oh, in the Fed. Fed, no doubt, no right? doubt. These, these, yeah. these are also for sale on the road to liberty.com. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all, you know, I, I think a diversified portfolio makes sense, right? I think mm -hmm. taking, uh, we need sound money, not, you know, not government money. So I'm all in on, on, you know, having hard assets, gold, silver, tractors, food, you know, Bitcoin, you know, different, different things that you can use to diversify. Um, you know, the, I, I'm going to pump somebody else here for a second. Okay. There, there's this group or this book called Tuttle Twins. Okay. It's, they have little children's books. They have middle-aged kids books and teenager books. Okay. okay. It started off as just a, a couple of book series. Um, and then it's turned into now um, a TV show and a, um, a set of curriculum and stuff. But what it is, is it's a, a story of two twins called the Tuttle Twins, Emily and Ethan. 
and it talks about free markets and liberty wow. and self-ownership. Um, and I think they've got 12 books now. I think they're 10 bucks a piece. They're paperback. They got their cartoon, but they're not, uh, uh, they're not comic, mm-hmm. right? They're, um, but they are, they're things that honestly uh, help me understand things or understand how to explain things better to people that maybe don't understand them. Um, but it teaches my kid about free market economics and investors and, you know, needing to provide value and how to work with competition and stuff. And, and this, this wow. book that, you know, you can find on TuttleTwins.com if I remember correctly, okay. um, but it's a phenomenal series um, of books that I think every kid should have. I think they should be in every single library across the country and every bookstore um, because I think they are one of the few uh, kind of educational series that teach kids about those things. Um, oh, and now right. they got a TV show and they got a whole curriculum and, and they're great. Wow. So you know, I teach my kid all that yeah. stuff. Well, and I, you know, you had mentioned something about, uh, you know, earlier on about teaching your kid how to, for lack of a better word, butcher a chicken uh, to carve a chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has so many applications. I mean, that, that a majority of the people have no idea. A majority of the people today, and I'm not talking about, you know, your, your, you know, your farmers and your, your hunters and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, even, even in small town USA, there are people that do not know how to get their food unless it's at a supermarket. I mean, I mean, now if, if you could, you know, teach, you know, okay, well, this is, this is a, uh, a, a dove, if you will, you know, uh, this is, and you know, okay, so you got a dove and you're going to carve it for lack of a better word, basically the same way you're going to do a chicken um, or, you know, how to save money. You can go buy a whole chicken, which like you said, is a lot less pricing. And uh, you know, you, now you know how to cut this chicken up without completely and totally ruining the meat. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, you know, or you can go get uh, you know, you know, a, 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 a pig, you know, okay, well, this is, you know, this Okay, well, the chicken thing will apply, you know, well, okay, you've got, you know, the ribs, the breast, the arms, the legs, you know, this, this, and this, this piece of meat is going to be this, you can apply that to just about any animal. And I mean, uh, yeah, so that's, that is something I never even thought about until you just said that, you know, with homeschooling of kids, you know, you, 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 they should know how to cook. I mean, because, and a lot of inner city kids or, or larger city kids have no idea what a kitchen actually is for. No, you know, microwave I mean, dinners. Right. Microwave dinners are, are they're fat, cheap, McDonald's. They're affordable. Right. right. Like, and some parents like that's that they don't have time, right. They're stretched so thin. Yep. Right. Especially single family parents. Okay. Or single parent families. Right. right like right, I, right. I've dated girlfriends or I had girlfriends that were single parents. Right. I have, you know, my, my wife's best friend is a single parent. Mm. Um, I have the utmost respect for any single parent whose kid is still alive and breathing. Right. Cause I know how hard it is with two parents. <laughs> right. right? right. Um, and, 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 and like, and, and, and if so many households are split like that, where there's only one parent, right. Like you're trying to get from work, get to daycare, get home. Like you're just happy that they're fed. Right. Right. Let, let alone having time to, to educate them or to teach them something new. And, and like the parents that go above and beyond, like they find a little extra time, but like, you know, like it's far and few in between. Right. So it's about like, how can we take these situations that are difficult and make them better? Right. And 
right? If we don't, if we have sound money, right? If we, if we, if our income stops depreciating, right? If we stop the taxes that are making housing more expensive, right? If we start looking at different ways to build housing so it's more affordable, right? You know, in, in communities like these RV parks that I live in, right? Where like a lot of these nice RV parks, like the last one I was at was a freaking golf course. It had three pools, three hot oh tubs, gosh. right? And for, <laughs> for, for like, $1,200 a month during high season and like $700 a month during the low season, you can live in this gated community. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like for back home, my rent was $1,500 a month. Right. Right. And I didn't have a pool and a golf course and community <laughs> activities and stuff. And, and so like you can find ways to, even if you reduce your, your cost of living, right. To where we can start making people's lives easier so that they can spend more time with their children. Right. So, but we, we have to stop addressing symptoms and we have to start addressing root causes. Right. And that's why I focus so much of my time on the systems that we have in place over our lives and getting people out of them because when they get out of them, they realize that they're freer. Right. And they, and they well, get yeah. happier because of it. And so today, you know, my kid's going to learn how to butcher a chicken I'm I hear you, man. with him, you know, <laughs> that's and awesome. tomorrow, we, you know, we don't know what we're doing tomorrow. So actually, you. no, that's not true. Tomorrow uh -oh. we're going to a balloon festival that's at a polo grounds and kids are free. Um, and I'm going to get to watch polo for the first time and watch a bunch of hot air balloons go up. Oh, that's cool. Right. That's cool. So we're going to take yeah. pictures and we're going to get to learn a new sport and, and, and learn about how air is hot and makes things float. And, you know, and then we'll turn it into a science experiment at home and we'll watch a documentary and we'll, we'll even look at, you know, talk about the artwork that goes into play in those, um, in those, in the, in, in the, the canvases right. that go into the hot, you know, and, and maybe he'll do an art project where he does a paper mache hot air balloon. Like, yeah. You know, like, and they've got, we, uh, yeah, they've got those uh, Chinese uh, lanterns, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is, those are cool too. I mean, it's same yeah. principle, right? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm so, sorry. No, no. But so like, I found that simply because I, I, we were looking for a restaurant to go to Uh huh. and I went to a website and saw this place up the road. It's called the villages. We go out there for dinner and then they're playing live music. I just asked a couple of questions, right. And they're like, yeah, it's this whole you know, community and they're having events and, you know, they've, you know, it's all, all kinds of cool stuff, but it's like each area you go into and in, in your life, right. It's not just full-time travel, right. There are so many things that are going on in this world that can be educational. If you just create the time to allow it to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem is, is people don't have time. So how is it that you create time and, and really time is Liberty. Right. Oh, right? Yeah, so how yeah. do you, how are you create more time for yourself? And, you know, we've, been blessed to to my wife has a remote job before it was popular mm -hmm. right and 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 i work from a laptop right that's not the case for everybody right okay like right. i get that my life isn't completely duplicatable for everybody but guess what i used to have a desk job right my wife could have you know quit this job and gone gotten a desk job that paid more or did this or done that but instead we made intentional choices that was going to help us accomplish our goals. Right. And that yeah. means giving up a few things so that we can gain others. And now we get to do whatever we want, pretty much whenever we want. Um, <laughs> and we're, you know, we're rubbers meeting pavement and we're still accomplishing our financial goals and stuff. And 
you know, it's, we're, we're pretty happy and healthy because of it, man. And it's phenomenal, dude. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just listening to you, it's like, okay, I'm selling everything right now. We're hitting the road. <laughs> dude. I, I yeah. still got a storage unit back home. I'm paying too much for it. I'm paying oh, 250 wow. bucks a month for a freaking storage. unit. Oh, it's wow. like the, it's like one of those bills. I just want to nuke. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, do right. I really need all that stuff in storage? You right. know, I'd like, the the five grand i paid in fees the last couple of years you know oh. I, I could have probably bought it all over again yeah but uh you know so you know we didn't give up everything some of it's in storage and if we buy land this year right we're gonna first thing we're doing is building our own storage shed and i'm driving back home and getting rid of that bill excuse my dog for oh talking. he's yeah no that's awesome man that's awesome <laughs> what kind of dog is he or her. Uh, I've got a, a cocker spaniel. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. She hears somebody outside talking to Uh-oh. my son. Uh-oh. Like, Who's outside, Dad? <laughs> well, I tell you what, man. This is a perfect time to just go ahead and and shut her down, and uh, I'm going to do an intro, uh, a separate intro, and then kind of do some of the things that we talked about, and you know, just kind of maybe rehash uh, a couple of deals and uh, try to get uh, some of your stuff out there, man. Uh, uh, as far as uh, I, I love your stuff about the the homeschooling though. I really do. Cause that's, that is so important, you know, plus, you know, you get to spend time with your kids and I mean, I mean, just, that is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, and you, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're not, uh, you're not so much for my, you're not so much affected by all the, the bullshit that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you know, I got that, you know, I got to, I got to do 20 hours of overtime this week. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm stuck here. God, I just would love to go on vacation. And, you know, you, you truly are free, you know, yeah. I mean, and getting I'm, freer and freer every day. <laughs> there was really this, just in closing here, there mm-hmm. was this mentality that I had, and I probably heard somebody else say, I don't know, maybe I came up with it myself, but it was create a life that you don't want to retire from. Oh, wow. That's, that's, you know, why, why do we work until we're 65 to hit retirement age, to then go travel and to do things and, and maybe take one or two vacations a year for a week where you're, where you're so stressed, trying to get everything ready. You can barely afford it. So it goes on your credit card. Right. And then eventually you retire and it's part of the social construct with social security and, 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 and retirement planning that got pushed through corporate, you know, big corporations and stuff. And, and I think we've, you know, prior to about a hundred years ago, retirement was something that just rich people did. Right. 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 So, so something changed and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still aim for maybe some of those luxury things that, that, that come with retirement, but it's about how do we create it today? Yeah. Right. So we don't need to retire later on. Right. Well, and one of the things like, and now <laughs> you just mentioned it, I mean, okay. I retired when I was 50. All right. And I was lucky in that sense. However, since I retired in 2017, um, I've had several years of surgeries applying to the foot. Um, you know, so I couldn't go anywhere. I was done. I could not, I could not travel. I couldn't, you know, I mean, traveling was horrendous and, you know, and just, yeah, just this year, you know, it COVID I got, I finally got the COVID. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I had eye surgery. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible because the older you get, the more surgeries you have. 
you know, yeah. and, the, and the less you're going to be able to be free. So again, yeah. kudos to you and your family, man. Thank you very yeah. much, Craig. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm always happy to answer questions. Hopefully this empowers some people, right? I never had this vision of being a, an inspirational person per se, but, you know, so we're just trying to live our life and hopefully if it empowers people to make a change in theirs, it brings them more happiness and prosperity than, then that's love, man. You know, that's yeah. why I do this is because I love people and I want to help. So well, I hope, I hope you do get out to Childerberg this year. That'd be great. I'd like to meet you in person and, you know, hang out and, you know, maybe even, you know, talk to some more people. So yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, I, I have that weekend free, actually nothing booked. I don't know oh, if wow. we're going to make it to Texas this year or not. Okay. Um, we were looking at that for next year, oh. um, but I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. All right, cool, man. Hey, thank you very much. And uh, I'll go ahead and stop this recording. Thank you, everybody. This has been Craig with The Unbeaten Path. Have a great day. It is of no use going back no to yesterday back because to we yesterday. were different people. Because then. we were different people. Then. Begin at the beginning. Begin at the beginning. And go on to the end. It is up.